God by the end of the day, I guess. The notes, if you've got one of them in the back, will not match today's sermon. Uh, I put that together on Tuesday. But I was led by God and my voice um, to put that sermon off for a few days. Instead, this morning, I want us to quickly examine how to have a new year that honors God. You know, as we begin a new year, you know, we do the process, some of us do, of making resolutions. Uh, we look at the year full of hope, uh, talk about the things that we want, the things that we want to do, the things that we want to accomplish, all of those things. But for me, I think as believers, we need to ask the question, how do we live so that God will be pleased? Now, I find that this morning a little bit in our text. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians, and Paul here uh, is in chapter 5. He is beginning to wrap up his letter, and he gives some instructions on how he wants them to act and react in the days to come. And there in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15, it says, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time Father, use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vestment of words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, thank you for loving us. We ask all these things in your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people said. Amen. <laughs> Amen. As I read this text, Paul gives us three things overall that we must do to live a God-honoring life. He gives more than that, but there are three ways that everything else falls under. And the first is that he says to be careful because the days are evil. Paul wasn't naive. He understood that there were dangers out there for believers. Um, so often we want to act like there's not. Paul knew even back 2,000 years ago that believers could, could fall away from walking the path they were supposed to walk there was temptation all around and they could find themselves doing things that, that they shouldn't do. And then it's easy to fall off into that sometimes. Because we talked about before that the path to sin isn't a path where we go, oh, why would I want to do that? It's the path that makes you go, it doesn't look so bad. It, it, it might even look attractive. We, we have this tendency to think about Satan as this grotesque figure, but we have to remember that he was an archangel. He's a beautiful creature. How else do you think he tempts God's people to walk away and do things you're not supposed to do? He makes sin look good because we go, well, I'm not hurting anybody else. I'm just, it's just, it just affects me, so we're good. And so he, he knows, Paul knew, even back then there was temptation everywhere. Paul knew that people could fall away, they'd become backslidden. Paul knew that they might be persecuted. He's writing this to people there in the middle of <clears throat> in the middle of Macedonia, in the middle of, of, of the Greek city states, in the middle of the Roman Empire. 
And he knows that persecution is happening all around him. He knows because before he became Paul, he was Saul. And he was persecuting them. He knows that, that he was involved in this. And so they're not even being persecuted by Jewish people. They're being persecuted by the Roman Empire. They're being persecuted on all sides. And so he knows that, that, that danger lurks. And there are people there trying to take them down. And he also knows that there was a danger they could become a heretic. Do we know what a heretic is? A heretic is someone who follows an offshoot of Christianity that takes a major doctrine and just twists it to where it's not the same thing. And so Paul knew that there were people coming in saying, well, I know Paul told you that all you have to have is grace. But... There are requirements that we've always had. And you need to follow those two. <laughs> he knew that that was going to happen throughout history. If you study church history, you have the major church councils. The, church, the Council of Nicaea, things like that. Where they would come together to fight a major heresy in the church. One of the major heresies that went around for a while, and there were several of them that came up was a dispute about the nature of who Jesus was. Was Jesus fully God? Was Jesus fully man? Was Jesus fully God and man? Did the Spirit turn Jesus into something else? Did he just appear to be something? And so these were, these were heresies that were dealt with, and Paul knows that it's so easy sometimes to fall off into heresy. It's so easy to let your feelings and your emotions and what you think is logical change what the Bible actually says. Did you realize that most of what we take as truth in the Bible for us makes absolutely no sense? It just doesn't. It makes sense to us because we understand it and we partake in the grace. And so it, it, it comes clear. But for everyone else who are look, who's looking in, they're going, wait a minute. God came to earth and died and then came back to life. Is God a zombie? I mean, things don't make sense to people. And so it's very easy for us to start saying, well, you know, and that happens today. How many people have family members who say, well, I can live how I want to live and God will bless it because God is love. And he says, do not judge, so you can't judge me. Okay, those are both true statements taken way out of context. And they don't make sense where they need to be. And so it's very easy to start saying, well, maybe. I told you about a girl before, a youth that I had. She was so passionate about Jesus when she came, to, came down the aisle. She got baptized and she was so passionate. And I finally had to say, quit calling me. Because she would call us, me and Carrie, and she would talk on the phone for hours every night, one of the things of God. And I was like, okay, I understand, and I'm so proud of you for this, but we have to have some boundaries here because we have to be able to have a life outside of just talking to you. And then she had a friend who came out of the closet. And she called me one day and she said, Brother Troy, it just doesn't make sense that she would choose 
to put up with the things that she's having to put up with. She wouldn't choose to be treated that way. And I said her name, and I said, let me ask you something. How have you been treated since you became a Christian? Well, people laughed at me, and they made fun of me, and I said, okay, did you choose to do that? Well, it's easy. It's easy to step off because of our feelings, because of our relationships, because of everything else, and begin to say, well, maybe the Bible doesn't say what the Bible says. And Paul knew that. And all of these and more out there for us, we have the internet. The internet is both the most wondrous thing in the world and the most horrible thing in the world. You can find anything that you want, but you can also find things that you don't want. And it's very difficult with children especially. I mean, you have to be very careful what you search for. Because it can take you to things you don't want to be a part of. And that's a very hard thing to explain to, to children or to people who, who don't understand. People who don't understand, well, well, how in the world did you end up over into that stuff? Well, one day, I searched for something because I was sick. And this came up, and I went down the rabbit hole. We have 24-hour news. I think it's meant to keep us depressed. I mean, you know, 30 years ago, you had the news at 7 in the morning. You had the news at 5 in the afternoon. And you had the news at 10 o'clock at night. And that's all the news we needed. Now we have 24 hours a day. People just streaming whatever they want to say and spewing things that they want to say. We have all of these things, things Paul never dreamed of. So we have to be careful because obviously when we look around, the days are evil. Second thing Paul says is be thoughtful to understand God's will for your life. He says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. <laughs> Think about the things of God. <clears throat> How much energy do we waste thinking about things that don't mean anything, that don't amount to anything? How, how much time of your life have you spent worrying about things you have no control we waste a lot of time doing that. Today, how many of us waste a lot of time doing this? <laughs> I mean, we do. And, and, and most of it's on Facebook, if we're honest. And half of your Facebook feed now is little videos made by people, and you're going, what did I just watch? Because you don't mean to hit it, but when you're scrolling, you hit stuff. And you go, what? Who would put that online? We spend our time thinking about the wrong things. We need to put our, our mind on the things of God so that we can know what he wishes for us. Too often we act without thinking in every area of our life. Sounds good, I'm going to do it. And then we go, oh, maybe I should have done that. Maybe, maybe these consequences are mine. But actually what we usually do is, God, why did you do this to me? And he says, I didn't do this to you. You made that decision all on your own. You didn't even ask me. If you would have asked me, you wouldn't have been dealing with this. I've got a white car. But I thought in my logical mind that my wife needs a car that won't break down on the oil-filled roads. That's what I thought. In my mind, I just do that. Didn't think about even fixing the other car. I was like, this has to be it. And we went and bought it. And we've hated it ever since. <laughs> And a year later, we came here and we were in the old building. God said, see, you didn't even ask me. 
You would have asked me, I would have let you somewhere else. I would have told you something different. We don't think that God wants us to think about him in every area of our life. Paul here calls us to bring every area in our life under the control of God and think about his will. Should I be, should I be wearing this? Should I be watching this? Should I be doing this? Should I be listening to this? Should I, should I take part in that? God wants us to do all of those things. We have to be thoughtful so that we can understand God's will for our life. The last thing he says is, be thankful in everything because God loves you. <laughs> Even in trial, God loves you. And he'll use it for your good. You find it hard to be thankful when bad things are happening? I mean, <laughs> I was, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie thought I had lost my mind. Oh, she does that quite often. <laughs> Two Fridays ago, Saturday. Not, not, not yesterday, but last Saturday. We visited my sister in Fort Worth when she was in town. <coughs> and then we followed them to go through Radiance again there in Weatherford to see the lights. As we pulled off of I-20, and we stopped there at that parkway, whatever it's called, to go to the, pot, to the rodeo grounds. They took off from that stop sign, and I hit the gas, and the van just sat there. We had lost first and second gear in the transmission. Went once, it, 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 it lurched along for a minute, and once it hit 40, it went. I knew what that was like. I had not saw before, it's happened before. I started laughing, and Gary said, what? I said, we don't have any low gears, but it'll be okay. I was like, maybe God's not with us, though. And she said, why? I said, because the Bible says, in low, I'm with you always. <laughs> I didn't have any low gears, so... He may have forsaken me in that minute. But I laughed because there was so much to be thankful for. I didn't have first and second year, but we had seen my sister and my nieces and met my new nephew that we hadn't met because he was born last year during COVID. And I hadn't seen my sister and them in four years. We saw them. We were going on a free trip back to Radiance again. I didn't have to pay for it. That was something to be thankful for. The baby wasn't crying. That was something to be thankful for in that moment because long car rides aren't real good with that. There's always something to be thankful for. It doesn't matter what we're doing. In every situation, we can find something to be thankful for. We can be thankful and rest in the fact that he never leaves us. He's always there. You know, it's, people say, well, where is God in this? He's sitting there beside you. He's holding you in his lap. He's whispering into your ear if you will just listen. He walks with us through the hard times and he never forsakes us. He's ever present. In every situation, though, there is always that thing to be thankful for. That's the secret to a God honoring new year. Basically, it's this put God first, and everything else will fall into place. And all those things, it was about putting God first, putting God in the place that He deserves to be. When God is anywhere but the center of our lives, our, our lives begin to fall apart. He is the spoke for the wheel, He is, he is that center hub that the spokes connect to, He is what needs 
to be held on. If you ever took that center and put it somewhere else in the wheel, the wheel's not going to work very good. It's going to roll lopsided. Has your life ever rolled lopsided? God may be in the wrong spot. It may be time to change his place. You know, we begin another new year. And last year, New Year's message was hindsight. <laughs> because the year before that was 2020 vision. In 2020, whoo, when we looked back, that sermon still hold true. But as we go forward, Our lives are still going to be disrupted. They're still going to be thrown into disarray at times because we have no control over that. Really. Other people make decisions that we have no control. Did you realize you can't control other people? You just can't. They're going to do what they're going to do, and you can't change the fact that they're doing what they want to do. But what we can do are these three things. Be careful, be thoughtful, and be thankful. Maybe this morning you want to pray and you want to say, okay, God, I'm ready to do these three things. I'm ready to be careful. I'm ready to be thoughtful. I'm ready to be thankful. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to start the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. And you don't know how to be thankful in everything because you don't feel like God is with you because you don't have him yet. Now would be the time to know him. What better way to start a new year than with a relationship with Jesus? Just walk this aisle and say, for the trial of Jesus, and we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, wherever you need, give it to him. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings.